Greetings, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Purple Charm Experience, where I am your host, Chamara E. Fleming, but you can call me Mai. This week on the episode, I thought it would be fun to talk about my experience um, as I approach age 40. My birthday is on October 26th, and so I wanted to discuss what the journey has been like to get to this particular milestone in my life. The journey over the last 10 years have had its peaks and valleys, and certainly I just wanted to reflect on what it's took for me to get here, where I stand at the present moment, and where I plan on going, going forward. Um, I think it's also a good time to just take a step back and take a deep breath and just, you know, um, be thankful for what I've been through and also um, just give some 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 thoughts on the, the, the moment. And also if there's anyone out there that will that are going through or is also sharing a major milestone you know, encourage you to also reflect on that as well. I will also be reading an excerpt from chapter three of The Violet Rose, and I will be sharing my thoughts on that particular chapter. And because I'm a Scorpio, I thought it would be fun to share how uh, being a Scorpio has played a little bit into my writing at times. And as always, I will be sharing with you my quote of the day and my sip of the week. So without further ado, let's dive right in. birthday. Your life is just about to pick up speed and blast off into the stratosphere. Wear a seatbelt and be sure to enjoy the journey. Happy birthday! I chose this quote because I actually used it a couple years ago on my birthday and I got a ton of hits on Instagram because of it. But I think it truly does embody the, the next year of your life um, as you celebrate your birthday and look forward to the the upcoming year of life and um, if you are working towards different goals and aspirations in life yeah you definitely can look at that as your life picking up speed and you know actually launching off into another plane And so, um, you definitely want to take time to enjoy life as it speeds through, um, the next phase. And, um, but you also need to stop sometimes and smell the flowers. They always talk about stopping and smelling, smelling the flowers because, you know, we often jet through life without even a care and, Before we know it, tons of years or five, ten years may have passed and you realize that you didn't even take the time to to enjoy certain moments 
you can remember and recall those things that may have touched you, but you really didn't take the moment to embrace it and to to gather your feelings and emotions around it so that you can, you know, reflect on it and then be in the moment again with it as you reflect on it. So, yeah, I if you are celebrating a birthday like me or just going forward at any time during the year if you read listening to this 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 uh podcast and you run across this episode i wish you happy birthday and i pray that um, your life is picking up speed and you're strat you're blasting off into the stratosphere but i also hope that as you enjoy the journey you're definitely wearing your seatbelt but you also slow down at some points during that time to to reflect and to to smell your flowers while you're here because so many of us are are going so fast and life passes us by so fast that you know you just don't want to miss the important moments so take the time to to have those moments as you are jetting all right that's the quote of the day peace So today I kind of wanted to talk about what it's like for my journey to 40. Um, As I'm speaking to you right now, it is the day after my birthday. I am now 40. I am relaxing at Salamander Resort and Spa in Middleburg, Virginia. And I was reflecting on a time on my life and as I spend this time with my mom you know she turned 65 last week on October 20th and she's celebrating 40 years of marriage to my father on October 25th I realize how important life truly is I'm spending this time with my mom it's been really wonderful because we don't really get the chance to spend as much time as I would like because I've moved away so we've been catching up on some really great mother-daughter time so with that said you know I've had some pretty you know wonderful highs and lows over the last decade of my life and I kind of just wanted to talk about a little bit of that with you and maybe give you some motivation if you're going through some things in your life to encourage you that although things may be going through maybe tough right now you may be going through right now it's not the end of the world and things can look up so for me um about 10 years ago um in 2000, well, actually in 2009, after I graduated with my MBA, um, times was kind of tough for me. I felt like I wasn't getting really a lot of traction with my career. Um, I felt like, you know, I spent all this money going to school and getting 
my bachelor's degree and then my 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 master's degree and I was trying to transition from one career into a new one at the time I had been working in the in the lab um, as a regulatory compliance test technician for Seeley the mattress company and I was trying to you know transition into working into working myself into a position that allowed me to do finance and not many employers were willing to give me that opportunity they felt like uh, because I had not worked in a finance role a lot of employers weren't willing to give me that that opportunity they didn't feel like I have a transitional skills to be able to do the role and so I just was became really down on myself I was beating myself up I was in a negative space and I felt like I couldn't get ahead I felt like everything was against me and so um, I was constantly frustrated and negatively talking about my life at the time and so it wasn't until 2012 I believe when shortly before 2012 about 2010 2010 or 11 I decided I was going to change my mindset and start thinking differently about my life and what I wanted for my life and I knew that I aspired to become a financial professional a finance professional and I was determined to make that happen and for um, at least a year or two before I was hired with Blue Cross Blue Shield in Massachusetts, I attempted to get on in a financial role, and it just didn't come together. But luckily, before I left Greensboro, when I was getting my MBA, I did a, certif- uh, uh, a certification class through GTCC. And it was then that I, after doing that class, I received a certificate in um, pharmacy technician and I had an interest in pharmacy and I felt like if I couldn't get a job right away once I moved to Boston I knew that I can utilize this skill to at least get my foot in the door into an organization my goal at the time was to work for a pharmaceutical company but using my pharmacy certificate to get my foot in the door at the time, I was a newlywed. Fred and I had only been married maybe six months at the time once I moved, finally moved to Boston. And, um, and in 2010-11, it's probably like our first year of marriage, full year of marriage. In 2000 and, uh, 2010, we was getting ready to celebrate our two-year anniversary, excuse me. And so um, I just decided at that time, you got to change your mind. You got to change your mindset and start thinking positively about where you want to go. And as soon as I started thinking positively, things start to turn around. And eventually, I landed that role with Blue Cross Blue Shield Mass, but it was in the pharmacy operations department. And once I got in, I, my first performance review or uh, one-on-one with my manager, 
she asked me what my career goals were and I told her my long-term goals was to work in finance and I said anything you can do to help me get there I would greatly appreciate it because I know that I enjoy pharmacy but I know that this is not where I want to stay and that unless I was planning on getting my PharmD degree it just wasn't any um, leverage anywhere anywhere to go I couldn't go up I couldn't uh, progress in that field because I had gone as far as I could go and my certificate my certification as a certified pharmacy tech there's nowhere else I can go other than get my PharmD and so she was very supportive I ended up doing a career enhancement program through Blue Cross Blue Shield Mass and from there I net my network my behind off and was able to connect with the vice president of the pharmacy I mean excuse me of the finance division and from there I was able to connect with a woman by the name of Delana Irvin Parker who became my mentor and eventually she before I left the company she was my my manager but she gave me such valuable information that helped me network my way into that area of the company where I landed my job, my first job as a budget analyst um, for our IT area and um, the corporate budgeting department. And eventually, before I left the company, I worked for her as senior budget analyst and uh, supplier diversity professional and over that course of the 10 years um you know from 2012 to 2015 um 2012 i got my you know my my role as a um, um analyst pharmacy analyst in the pharmacy ops operations um, department of blue cross blue shield by 2015 i landed my first budget analyst role in the finance division and then two years promoted two years less than two years later to senior budget analyst and supplier diversity professional within corporate budgeting at Blue Cross Blue Shield Mass and from there I just continued to grow and um, I'm so proud of my accomplishments because I remember what it was like taking the bus and knowing that I could do so much more and was so much more capable and um, I had all this education and I just needed to be able to show and prove. I just needed someone to believe in me and finally I got my break and it happened and I'm so proud of where I ended up or where I ended up and then after I you know, left Blue Cross in 2018 early 2018 I decided to pursue my dream of writing and I wrote my first romance novel and since then I've also released my second working on my third established my own company to self-publish my books and um, created merchandise to support my brand and so much more and so you know, I really made my 30s work for me. 
I really am proud of the, the things that I accomplished in my 30s. You know, my 20s helped me grow to be able to endure and persevere and stay dedicated to the things I accomplished in, in my 30s. My 20s gave me the grit that I needed to be able to, to get through everything that I went through in my 30s. You know, it was so gratifying to to stand on my birthday and think back all of the things that I went through over the last 10 years and what I pushed myself to go through, push myself through to get here. And I know there's so much more for me to do in the coming decade, coming years, and the rest of my life. And I'm so, so grateful that I have the the wherewithal and the ability to know that I can do it. I can do anything that I put my mind to, anything that I have a desire to do. All I just got to do is do it. And as I sit on this balcony and I look out over these grounds, if you had told me 10 years ago that I'd be sitting here on this beautiful, this beautiful resort and being able to share this moment with my mom and have her experience something she had never experienced before, such as coming to a beautiful resort as this and being pampered and having someone take care of her, you know, I would have told you, nah, that won't happen. Are you serious? And it has. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful for it all. And I pray to God that I have many more moments like this to share with my family, my husband and my son, and my mom and dad and my brother. You know, um, I just want to tell you, if you're going through right now, if there's something that you really, really want to do that you're passionate about and you just don't know if you'll ever have an opportunity to do so, don't give up. Please don't give up. That was something that I never did. I couldn't allow myself to. My mom raised me to be strong and to always have faith. And whenever I feel like I was down, to grab my Bible and fall on my knees and pray. And you don't have to be in a Christian and you don't have to believe in what I believe in. But, you, but I do believe that we all must believe in some higher power, a higher source where our blessings are flowing. And if you can just believe in something greater than yourself and keep a positive outlook on life and write down your, your, your aspirations and your affirmations. I believe those things will come to pass. The universe has no choice but to align with what you believe in, what you truly want to see for your life. It will align it if you believe. And so that's my message to you today. Um, Myra made it to 40. So many people through this pandemic didn't make it here. And I'm just grateful that I'm here to see another day. If I don't live another day, at least I know that I did something. At least I know I lived my passion. At least I know that I left a legacy that my son 
can be proud of. He can look for my my material and find it. You know, it will always be there. No one can ever take that away from me. No one can take away my copyrights, my trademarks, my my brand, what I've built, what I've created for him. You know, for our family legacy. No one can take that away. And I'm just so proud of that. And I'm, I'm proud to be here today. And so, as I close, um, I wish you all well. And I thank you for listening and taking the time to support me. Um, especially over the last two years since I started this entrepreneurship journey. It hasn't always been easy over the last 10, 10 years of my life. And it's definitely been peaks and valleys, you know. There have been many times that I didn't think that I'd be able to pay my bills. And God found helped me make a way, and I did. There have been many times that I didn't think that um, I would be able to continue going. But some way, somehow, I found a way to keep pushing. You know, there were times I was catching that bus in Boston, or catching a train and walking to and from, getting up at 6.30 in the morning to catch a bus. You know, and on the bus for two and three, two and three hours just to get to my final destination, and two and three hours to get back home, thinking like this is crazy. Like I'm used to just getting in my car and driving 20 minutes to my my job and getting back, but I wasn't happy in that job. And at least in the roles that I had when I was in Boston, I was somewhat happy. I knew it wasn't my final rest. It wasn't my final my final stop, but I knew that those roles made me happy. The people were genuine and I was happy around them. And that's what you gotta do. You gotta find the moments that make you happy and capitalize on them so that it keeps you in a positive mindset, a positive frame of mind so that you can continue to focus on the long term, focus on the long game and where you wanna be, not where you are. So, like I said, I thank you all for listening and I wish you well. Peace. My sip of the week comes from Biltmore Estates, limited release, the 2018 vintage um, Merlot. I chose this particular wine because it has um, some really sophisticated notes of uh, taste kind of uh, like cocoa and some medium body wine, very uh, low tannins, um, very, uh, very well balanced. Um, don't have to worry about uh, having that, that acid taste um, because of the tannins not a lot of tannins in it which I love um it was um a really nice wine to just sip um before dinner um but it could definitely go with of course with a steak or beef some sort of meat um it's perfect for the fall I believe um in my opinion and it had uh, some notes of uh, like dark cherry, um, yeah, the cherries, and, and, and to me, like a hint of cocoa. Um, 
perfect with uh, um, what fruits that are dark fruits. So um, like blueberries or cherries or or um, uh, raspberry, not raspberries, but um, um, blackberries. Excuse me. So, but it's definitely a uh, a favorite. Um, Veritable of mine, as well as uh, one of my favorite vineyards. I love Biltmore Estate wines. I think they have uh, some really, really affordable and very, very um, um, palatable wines for the wine connoisseur. Even if your 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 palate is is sophisticated, or if you're just getting started with wine, you know, figuring out what types of wines you like. It's definitely one, uh, a brand that you would love, to, that you should or would love, should love, would, I would think you would love because I love it, but maybe not. <laughs> but it's definitely one of those brands that uh, you could fall in love with, I think. Um, and I highly recommend them. It's one of the, the brands that I, I frequently, um, I sip. And uh, I should be ordering some more here soon. Um, but yeah, definitely check out the Biltmore Estates um, limited release of the uh, Merlot, if they have it. It's the 2018 vintage. And that concludes my sip of the week. pierced her ears and made her stomach drop. She felt like she was reluctantly put on a roller coaster and was free-falling into the unknown. This was not the ending to the perfect evening that she had imagined. The night air instantly turned in a little colder, literally and figuratively. It's late. Why are you here, Donovan? I don't want to talk to you. I definitely don't want to see you. Baby, I'm so sorry, he said. Donovan, why are you doing this? He came down from the steps and stepped in front of Violet. He smells so damn good. I don't want to take him back. I need to stay strong. Violet thought of all the reasons they weren't good for one another. His left hand cupped my chin. Forgive me, baby. Let me come in. Violet didn't want to give in to his work of seduction and she and turned her head away. She crossed her arms and the keys dangled from her right hand. No, Donovan, I don't want to. He dropped the roses and grabbed Violet. Baby, don't do this. Not tonight. Let's talk about it. I don't want to let you go. Just let me love you. Violet tried to fight it, but it didn't work. She gave in, gave it the old college try. But he was too damn sexy in that moment. Donovan took Violet into his arms and kissed her passionately. She became weak and her knees buckled. She was his, just like that. She could do nothing more. He held her tighter and slipped the keys right out of her right hand and into his. 
His kiss deepened, and before he lifted her off, before he lifted her off her feet, and carried her inside of the apartment. The next morning, Violet lay awake in her bed next to Donovan. She clutched the blankets, blankets tightly. All night, after they had been together, she had beaten herself up. How could I have let him back in? Last night was the last time. And the last night, and last night was the end. She no longer had feelings for him. She had to shut the door and call it quits. Donovan stretched and turned over to look at Violet. Good morning, baby. Donovan, you have to go, Violet said. I don't want this anymore. And I don't want you. He tried to touch her back and she pulled away. Wait, I thought I thought we were over this. And I thought that we had gotten past this nonsense. Nope, I'm done. So that's it, huh? It's like that. Well, you know, I tried to tell you last night. You insisted on staying. And I mean, you didn't want to listen. Yeah, well, I think, I still think that you're too old to be chasing pipe dreams. Violet stood next to the bed. That's real nice, Donovan. Get out, now. No, I'm not going anywhere. Donovan, get out. Get the hell out of my apartment. Violet's voice grew louder with each word. Donovan got out of bed and leaned into Violet's face. Bitch! Please, you really think that you can afford this apartment without me? Violet slapped him in the face. Donovan grabbed her wrist and squeezed. Through his clenched teeth, he said, Bitch, you're going to need me. Donovan, you're hurting me. He threw her down on the bed, and they'd argued in the past, and he had taken it too far one other time, but he promised he wouldn't. It would never happen again. Donovan had a bad temper. He can easily become very aggressive in a heated argument. But since the time things had gone too far, he had always made an attempt to keep it in check and never called her anything but her name. Violet couldn't believe things had escalated so quickly. Please leave now, she said with tears in her eyes. This particular chapter was the beginning of introducing Donovan, um, a very uh, troubled character we find out later in the book. Um, Donovan had issues with his past from, you know, mother, uh, relation, his relationship with his mother, and um, I wrote this episode because I felt it was important to talk about, you know, touch on domestic abuse, um, domestic violence, and women who are in relationships where they feel like they can't get out. And although Violet was strong enough to leave, she did deal with some verbal abuse and domestic and a little bit of physical abuse from from
Donovan, although mild, it was there. And, um, you know, I think, you know, early on in, in my relationships, before my husband, absolutely before my husband, um, I have had a couple, one guy in particular I'm thinking of that uh, I experienced, um, you know, what could be considered verbal abuse, no physical abuse at all, but definitely uh, manipulative, um, trying to use, um, you know, his, his, trying to, always trying to manipulate the situation and use um, that against me and, or whatever he says against me. Um, if we didn't see eye to eye on something, um, and like, and he was much older than me and luckily I got away from that guy, but, um, it just goes to show that, you know, it's something that's very real. Um, a lot of times women want to always want to find the good in their, in their, their partner and, even when we're trying to walk away, someone can use that that pain that they're feeling because you're walking away, and it's not on their terms, but it's on yours, and try to use it against you and to hurt you. And we see that as what Donovan was trying to do to uh, Violet, which is wasn't cool. Um, and so. Um, Part of me, I want to say, from a non-romantic perspective as a Scorpio, um, utilize my strength to, as a Scorpio, as a woman, as my power, to talk about how Violet was strong enough to walk away. I utilize, you know, some of the things that my qualities as a scorpion, someone who is driven, passionate. Um, we don't like it when someone chastises us or try to make us feel um, like we're less than. Um, especially when it comes to our creativity. We do not like that. And so I wanted to play out some of my qualities as a Scorpio through her. I am, I consider myself strong. I consider myself passionate. I consider myself as someone who is unwilling and unwilling to let someone tell someone else tell me what I can and cannot do, regardless of whether or not they think um, money can be made from it or how old I am to pursue something I'm truly passionate about it's my passion so I feel like I have every right to do it and so I wanted Violet to embody that during that moment and although she was afraid of what Donovan was capable of capable of she knew that he had the potential of going further and she tried to de-escalate the situation in that moment. And I'm 
glad that she did because it could have been far worse. But um, I just know that there there are plenty of Donovans like that out there. And, um, you know, no matter how mild or how severe it is, Verbal abuse is verbal abuse. Physical abuse is physical abuse. Whether it's against a man or a woman, you know, whoever's the abuser, you know, it it it, it warrants um, the attention that it deserves when something bad is happening, and it warrants you getting out of that situation. And no matter what. You should fight to get out of that situation. And, uh, yeah, this was a really important um, chapter for me. Um, It connected with me personally. Even though I haven't been in a, a, you know, physically abusive relationship, I do know what it's like to have someone try to manipulate you and try to use their... um, their words against you and make you feel a certain way just to get what they want from you so I try to play that into that that part of the chapter because I wanted Donovan to truly be the antagonist and the the villain that was um the force part of the force against Violet but we see how far he's willing to go as we continue through this book but I hope that that chapter may have resonated with someone and if you're going through anything like that or worse I encourage you to reach out to uh, the domestic violence hotline to get some help um, because no one should be afraid of um, of, of, of being with their partner no one should be um, afraid to um, be loved and to accept love from someone um, that is abusive. Um, you don't deserve it. You don't have to have. You don't have to go through that. And um, you can get help. You can definitely get help. So I encourage you if you are. Um, going through anything like that, uh, please reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And um, that number is 1-800-799-SAFE. Once again, that's 1-800-799-7233. And I hope that um, um, you get the, the help that you need if you're going through anything like that. And um yeah, I just wanted to share my thoughts on chapter three, which touches, um, which is the beginning of touching domestic uh, abuse, uh, uh, physical violence, and verbal abuse in relationships. So on a lighter note, I kind of wanted to, you know, talk a little bit more about me as a Scorpio and how it plays into my writing. Um, 
because I definitely draw on my personality from time to time. And uh, some of the things that I love from a romantic perspective, pull that into my books. And so um, it's quite interesting because I I love the idea of being in love. I love, um, you know, little little trinkets and, and being given little gifts or little notes. I'm a hopeless romantic. Um, I love rom-coms, so, um, but they have to be a particular type. Like I, I think it was a few episodes ago, I had discussed, you know, some of the, the movies that I enjoy watching to help spark my, my writing juices, my creative juices. And in that episode, I said that Love Jones is probably hands down one of my favorite love stories like I can watch that movie over and over and over again I love it for its soundtrack I love it for the sheer feel of that movie just the the entire vibe that you you get when you watch it it's a it's a whole vibe and a mood within itself it's almost as if the atmosphere of the movie is that extra character the friend that brings you into the story and I love that I really do I love it and um it's quite interesting because I am for my Briggs Myers I am an EFSJ which is an extrovert feeling sensing judging person and my husband is he I know his is similar to Prince's um Myers-Briggs and Prince was a ISFP and um and so I, I thought it was pretty cool um that I remember when my husband did his Myers-Briggs through his company of, uh years ago and he came home and showed me and I remember when I did mine that Prince popped up on uh, somehow on mine whenever I did it and um I compared the two. I was like, oh, my God, you're almost like Prince. And uh, so I found that pretty cool because they're both introverts. And I'm an extrovert. So and it's it's amazing that Prince was incredibly, such an incredibly talented person. And you would never know that he was an introvert based on, you know, how he performed and how he was, his public persona. But I think based on like some of the the reports from his friends and people who closely knew him and family that um, he was a a quiet, introverted person. So um, but I, I, I just, you know, I thought it was really cool that my husband shared qualities with one of my favorite musicians of all time and someone who I I truly truly admire as a professional as a creative and as someone that um um I kind of look to for cues on how to maintain ownership of my own work and and creativity and uh I just I just think you know it was wonderful but with that being said I with my writing um you know, I always try to pull in 
things that um, someone I may have experienced or want to experience or may have seen that I just thought was just hot and heavy or something I love um, into my story writing. I hope that you all enjoy it. Um, Certainly, um, it seems uh, fun when I'm writing it. Um, I'm very, although I, as a Scorpio, um, we're often thought of as being freaky and, um, you know, really out there. Uh, for me, I've, I find it, I don't like the, I don't like to wave my freak flag, if you will, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, what I like to do is, uh, I like to keep, you know, I like some discretion. Um, and I like to, definitely I am a, one of those people who believes in pleasing their partner, but I also believe in discretion and I don't believe in, um, voicing all of what I do, um, with everyone that I know or so there is a level of mystery with me. I love being mysterious and, um, and so, uh, that plays into, you know, how I, move. Also, um, I, I, when I write about my love scenes, I always write it from a perspective of, um, I don't want to be vulgar. Um, it's a turnoff for me when I read vulgarity, um, or read, um, what's considered romance novels. Now, if it's erotic, that's completely different. Now, like, you go into that knowing exactly what you're going to get, if it's going to get vulgar. But if I'm going in reading a romance novel, I want I want the build-up to be romantic. I want you to fall in love with the characters. I want you to fall in love with the scene. I want you to visualize every aspect of that piece because... I'm drawing on your your senses. I'm pulling on your your heartstrings. I'm pulling on your emotions because I want you to connect as if that's you in that scene. Because I know I felt as if I was in the scene when I wrote it. <laughs> um, so that's some of the, the the things that I try to do. And um, as a Scorpio. Physically in the, in real in real life, I operate the same way. I try to um, with my 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 husband. I try to utilize my words or how I feel to play on his emotions to pull out something special in him that he, you know, make him feel a certain way. I'll make him, you know, send him a text message, tell him. How I make him, how he makes me feel, or something sexy that is, you know, drop a little, little, little something on him during the day, you know, a little, te- a little, little, uh, racy text messages during the day, so that he has something to look forward to when he gets home. Um, I think those things are important, especially in a marriage, because a marriage is work. 
And those of us who are married know what it takes to to make it work. It's not always roses. It's not always, um, you know, a honeymoon. Once the honeymoon phase goes away, it it takes serious work and dedication to stay um, committed and to stay, um, keep things fresh, you know, and not slip into a monotony of, being a, a wife and a husband, you know, it's work on both parties, part. And I'll never from get when I first got married, actually before I got married, my mom would always tell me, girl, it takes work to be in a marriage. And at that time, she had been married to my father. I, I think it was like 20, 28 years, I mean, in her, about 20 something years at that point. And they had been together. They just celebrated their 40th wedding anniversary the day before my birthday on the 25th. But they've been together since they were teenagers. They've been together at least 50 years. So you can imagine what it's like to be with the same person for all that time. And the work that it takes to make a marriage work with through kids, through, you know, ups and downs. Um, It's a lot. So, but I always try to bring the element of love and my parents most definitely, most certainly is a a really great example of black love to me. And they're just like little kids, little teenagers spending the whole day together. They're both retired now and they spend their days together and just enjoying being together. And, um, right now I'm lucky because I have her here with me. I, went and <laughs> kidnapped her from my dad, excuse me, <laughs> just stole her from my dad so I can spend my birthday with her. But it is amazing to see um, your parents, you know, in love after all these years. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing to see. Um, but I always try to bring that level of romanticism into my 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 books and the world of my characters and maybe sometimes it's overzealous or uh, rose colored looking through looking at love through rose colored glasses but I also try to bring a, re- a real aspect to it the reality to what happens in relationships you know some of what I've seen others go through so I can write about it but I always try to give my my characters you know, the happy ending that they deserve because we all deserve a happy ending. Even though we might go through some crap, we might go through some shit to get to the happy ending, but we all deserve it, male and female. And so um, as with Scorpio, you know, yeah, I can be possessive. I put that in my book. (laughs) Yeah, I can be a little... um, uh, um, con- not controlling, but just, you know, I want what's mine to be mine. And uh, at times I will utilize my characters to embody a little bit of that. Not in such a way where it's like overbearing and it feels like you are being intrusive or or like the characters are, um, are being controlled. Now, with Donovan, yeah. Donovan, yeah. Um, but Nate, no. 
Mm-mm. Didn't do that with Nate. I didn't do that with any of the characters in book two. Um, and we'll talk about them later. But I didn't do that at all with them. But in the first book, I definitely wanted um, Donovan to have the possessiveness and the controlling aspect, which could be a dark side of the Scorpio, if allowed to, you know, come forward. But um, overall, when I write, I write with the intention of inspiring the reader to believe in love, to believe in romance, and that it can exist. And I like to make sure that I write about it in a way that is um, um, that is sexy and hot, but doesn't make you feel like, ugh, it's uncomfortable. Like, I hate reading things that makes me feel like, okay, you know it can be, you know, you know, you know, intercourse can be wild and freaky and crazy and stuff, but some things you don't need to read the actual uh, literal detail of what's happening. A lot of times, for me, I like to imply what's happening to make you use your imagination to to figure out the rest. And um, if you read any, if you read my books and you appreciate it, give me a thumbs up, shoot me a comment, send me a review on Amazon. I appreciate it because um, I make it a point to inspire you and to make you use your imagination to believe in love again. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of the Purple Charm Experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please continue to support by subscribing and also join me each and every time I post a new episode. Not to mention to share it with your friends and family because they also need to enjoy this experience too. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you again and I'll see you next time on the Purple Charm Experience.